Hey, business building warrior, I've got a treat for you today. We've got a 16-year-old who lives in Canada who has to use his dad's credit card and name to start his Amazon account, but he's selling products in the US, amazon.com US from Canada. He talks through the logistics, how he's done it. He's an entrepreneurial kid. While his friends he talks about are playing video games and getting hourly paid low-wage jobs at you know retail stores and restaurants. He's putting... Last month, he said he made $1,100 on his business, working about three hours a week. I gave him a little homework assignment. I said, by the time this episode comes out, I want to be able to stick in the show notes how many dollars per hour you're making in your business. And he said he was going to do that for us and get us those numbers. So look in the show notes. I don't have it right now. We just finished the episode, but I'll stick it in the show notes. He's going to let me know how much money he made. He shares some of the books that he's reading and he's a proven Amazon course student. That's where he got his start. He's going through the replens model of the proven Amazon course, which is where a lot of success stories are coming from these days. He's learned how to use a couple basic tools that we showed him how to use, and he's invested in those. I just love hearing how he processes this entire opportunity. He actually had some failure when he started out early before he found this community and this podcast and our course. He, he was playing around with drop shipping on Amazon. He talks about how that turned out, what a disaster it was actually, and how, why he avoids it now. But he's building an incredible business. You're going to be inspired by this guy. This is one of those episodes that I love to bring you because you're going to find yourself saying, okay, that person can do it. I know I can as well. Because in this case, Jaden Stolarski is our guest. He's only 16. He's not even allowed to sign up for an Amazon account. He had to use his dad's account to do this. So if a 16-year-old who lives outside the United States can build a successful business on Amazon, put money in the bank and excited for the future, finding new products anytime he wants to, why aren't you doing it? You can do this too. So let's get Jaden on the line right now. It's going to be one of those episodes. There's a YouTube video as well. If you're not watching us on YouTube right now, there's a video of this. So you can come over and see what it looks like. There's not a whole lot that you have to jump over to YouTube to see today. It's just two faces on a screen, no visuals today. So if you're listening, that's fine. If you're just listening only on one of the podcast listening apps, that's cool. But there is a YouTube video. That link is in the show notes, along with the tools we talk about today that Jaden uses that we've taught him to use through the Proven Amazon course. So let's jump over, get Jaden on the line right now. You're going to really enjoy this. And there might be some young people that need to hear this as well. Maybe some some young guys or ladies who are trying to plan out their future. There's no reason you can't tack on a great Amazon business onto whatever it is you're doing. Spend a few hours a week growing a nice side income stream to add some stability, right? So share this episode. Let's get Jaden on the line right now. So Jaden, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Great opportunity. You might be our youngest guest ever. Really? I think maybe. Yeah. 16, right? Yes. It's awesome. Well, we want to hear about your entrepreneurial journey. Let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. What got you into all this? So I was, think I was around 10, 10 years old. And I would see all these YouTube ads about starting dropshipping with my own Shopify store. So I thought to give it a try. I built my own store on Shopify. Threw a few AliExpress products on there. Nothing really happened with that, obviously. Didn't know how to do marketing. Didn't really know what e-commerce even was as a word. And... From there, I moved on to more stores, more stores. I tried Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, Pinterest ads, Snapchat ads. Nothing really worked still because I didn't know how to properly do the marketing. I didn't know how to find a product. I didn't have even have a domain name on some of my stores, which really was not good for e-commerce. <laughs> but you were 10, 11, yeah. 12, right? Like you're, you're toying around yeah. with people. That's incredible. So... It, it, just to be clear, your parents know you're doing this, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> they have their permission. Yeah, That's of course. Great. I love it. So I'm fascinated already. And, and I know you're only 16, but by the time you're my age, you'll be looking at 16-year-olds through a different lens because your typical 14, 15, 16, even 18, 20-year-old these days, like they're not necessarily pouring themselves into building their own business. There's mm-hmm. something special going on there. You know, what, what is it you think that's that's driving this. You're different. And I've got a couple of kids that turned out this way. And you're very entrepreneurial, very interested in these kind of topics. And I think I know what triggered it. 
have has anyone ever asked you that before? No, not really. But I think I've thought about it before. I think money, in a way, I knew I wanted to make money. Knew I didn't want to have a job, and I knew I wanted to move to California someday. So that definitely triggered it. Especially seeing all these ads with people driving Lamborghinis, which is obviously now really like they're all a scam by now, or it's all fake. Yeah, no, pretty safe bet, Jaden. If if you're reading uh, some business information and how to or strategy, and, and and the guy trying to pitch it has ladies with less clothes than they should have on in the ad, or cars that cost a lot of money, you can safely ignore that person. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. been doing this 20 years and that's a pretty good rule of thumb. Uh, that's great. But no, I, I love it. You know, there's, and there's, and I want to encourage you, Jaden, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, some people say, oh, he just wants to make money. Well, the only way to make money is to serve people well. Mm-hmm. That's the only, and you've kind of figured that out. You can't kind of, now you can scam, but that's going to burn out really fast. You're going to burn your reputation. And you're actually going to lose money in the long run scamming mm-hmm. people. You've got to truly help people with your product, with a service. And if you do that, you can't stop the money. Serving others well generates yeah. every time, right? And you're, you're starting to learn that. So on the other end of these Amazon transactions you're doing, you're, you're having people who are happy with the products they've purchased or the price they paid. So you're serving your way to success. The money is going to be a side benefit. Um, but I'm excited for the journey you're on. All right, well, that, that kind of helps explain it. Like you don't want to have to go get a job, right? Like your buddies, where do your no. friends, where do they work? I have a few friends who work at a grocery store, some at a department store, and some of them are video games all day. No job. They game without a job. They're they're using dad's credit card. All day. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Well, good for you, man. And if your parents are here, what would they say about your Amazon biz? Well, my mom would probably say, I don't understand. You made this amount of money this month, but you only profited this much because she doesn't understand the fees or the shipping or how any of it works. And my dad one time told me that basically my job is a professional price gouger and I should get it put on a business card. Oh, no. Something like that. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Uh, you can let him know that that uh, I could have a little chat with him about that because uh, unless he's aware or anyone else is aware of a business that stays in business by selling products for less than what they paid. Uh, I've never ran into that business actually um, that stays in business that way. So mm-hmm. anything you buy off the shelf anywhere, there's profit being made somehow or they're, exactly. or they'd be shutting their doors pretty fast. Uh, so you're actually, do you struggle at all with that though, Jaden, yourself? Like when you, let's say you buy an item for five bucks and you sell it for, for 25 on Amazon or eBay, do you struggle with the moral aspect of it at all? No, not at all. Sometimes, if it's a really high ROI item with a good margin and everything, I'll be even happier. And he understands like this. He thinks it's fun. Also, he didn't mean it like in a way that I'm just a price gouger. He understands how it works. He understands that some people don't want to get up and go to the store next to them. Oh, good. And that's true. It, yeah, it, he and understands that's exactly that. right. He's exactly right. I put everything under his name, all that, because I can't since I'm not 18 yet. So everything yeah. I put under his information, fine with that. Yeah, exactly. It's all under his name anyway, right? That's so great. Yes, you and you hit the nail on the head. People are paying for the convenience of it. Yeah. You know, never mind that they could drive 20 minutes and save themselves $10. They don't want to drive 20 minutes and save $10. They want it delivered on their porch and conveniently because they're too busy to go do the shopping themselves. And that's, you know, that's what we're filling the shelves at Amazon. That's the service we provide. That's the people you're serving well. And they don't exactly. have to spend that money. They could certainly go buy it on their own. So yeah, I'm not a big fan of the word gouging. So when I hear it, my radar goes off a little bit, but I know he's kind of saying it in jest, it sounds like. So that's fantastic. Yeah, because one of the lessons, Jaden, is if you don't... And you kind of experienced this a little bit probably with your Shopify site, but see if this rings true as I say it. If you find an activity that you're involved in internally, you kind of find it morally objectionable. Like you don't see the virtue in it you're not going yeah. to perform well in whatever it is you do, not for very long. The money isn't enough, right? If you find it morally objectionable, there's going to be something kind of eating away inside of you until you do something where your customers are actually happy that they interacted with you. You kind of finding that to be true? Does that sound true to you? Yes, because that's why I haven't gone back to Shopify dropshipping. One of the biggest issues is shipping times. That's where I couldn't feel comfortable with waiting 60 days shipping times. Even if I found a good supplier with a 3PL or a sourcing agent, 
still the times aren't as good as two days or three days. It'd still be something along the lines of 14 to 20 days. Right. Yeah, exactly. So your customer wasn't having a good experience in the end. And that makes it hard for you to feel good about what it is you're doing, right? Yeah. Well, great. So tell us what it is you are doing. Fill, fill us in on your business model a little bit. Let's go down the journey of uh, what you got going on. So right now I'm doing the Amazon Rep Plans program and all that. Watch the course that Jimmy Smith made. Really good course. I'm still struggling a little bit to this day with finding items to sell it. And I don't put enough time in every week. Hopefully by next week, I'll be able to put 10 to 15 hours in. The past few months, I've been doing maybe three hours a week, which isn't much. And I'm looking to expand to eBay also with multi-channel fulfillment so I could sell the same items. I'm in Greg Perry's uh, eBay course, and it's pretty good so far. Everything's going really good with the Amazon journey, and it's going up every month. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll stick a link. Greg's awesome. Good buddy of mine. I'll stick a link to his stuff for people who don't know what we're talking about there as well. He's very creative in helping people find uh, eBay items that they can flip there. All right. So, but let's, let's focus on the, uh, the replens journey a little bit. You, you just said you're spending about three hours a week. And if you don't mind sharing yes. some raw numbers, you know, you're, you're doing this instead of going to work retail or grocery store like your buddies do. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Pretty good so far. So last month in revenue, I did 35.27 US dollars. From that, it was 148 units with eight returns. And from I profited about 1127 US. And I'm in Canada doing this to the US right now without a prep center for most of it. So you're buying your products. Talk me through the logistics because you live in Canada. You're mm-hmm. selling on Amazon.com US. Yes. So I buy most of my items I can buy local. And I'll go to like a local store, like a Canadian Tire or a Walmart. Or sometimes it's like an Indigo, like the bookstore. And... If it's not a food item, I can prep it myself and I use a shipping carrier that takes it across the border and I still get the same FBA prices because it thinks I'm in the US shipping to the US so in Buffalo. And I don't have to drive there. I do like a 20 minute drive to this post office called Stallion Express. They take care of everything. They give me an address, really low fees, like $3 a box to take across the border and I get to use their address. And for food items, they have another company that's sort of like a prep center. And I would drop it off at the same place. And then they'll do something called an FDA notice. And then they'll take it across the border. Same thing for a low fee. But so, I'm looking to get into prep centers now. Yeah. And we've got many. We'll stick a link to our, our uh, prepcenternetwork.com, which is where it's a free service to all of our students. And we kind of keep a collection of the prep centers as we hear of them. It's not necessarily a review service, although a few of our favorites are put at the top of the list. So maybe you start working with them. And what that would allow you to do, Jaden, as you already know, but for the listener's sake, maybe too, is you can live in Canada, shop online in the US, have your products instead of delivered to your house in Canada, have them delivered to your prep partner. And you could use anybody as a prep partner. It doesn't have to be a prep center. It could be a friend in the US and you pay them a few bucks to slap some labels on your stuff and send it to Amazon, right? But you, you yeah. kind of need someone so you don't have to ship it across the border twice. It makes sense to have someone in the US and do it that way. So is that kind of your plan is to start sourcing online in the US a little bit? Probably start doing everything with a prep center is my goal, which is really hard because I'm not good at all with finding products. I maybe have under 20 SKUs listed. I sell a good amount of them, but I can't really add SKUs. And now at this point, some of them are going down, but I'm still going to be able to find some if I put in the 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week easily. Oh, sure. So you're confident in your ability to find more if you put the time in? Yes. Okay. Very good. Yeah. And I would think that you should be as well. If you've gone through the replens training, we just had another podcast episode. It's not out yet as as we're recording this today, Jaden, but a couple found 64 products in three days just a few weeks ago. Wow. And we've we've had people find close to a hundred in their first weekend. <laughs> so like once you've got the skill set, which it sounds like you do, uh, and I want I want you to talk me through how you find replens in a moment, but I'm okay. totally confident you put some more time in, you're gonna be rocking it, buddy. So for have you done the math yet? Like what's your hourly pay? I haven't really done that math. You haven't done the math? There's a little homework assignment for you, buddy. I want you you to keep track of your hours. And maybe by the time this podcast episode comes out, we can put it in the description or show notes and say, hey, Jaden did the math and here's his hourly pay on his business. Can you do that for me sometime in the next week or so? Yeah, sure. I'll write it down. Yeah. A little homework for you. If you're saying three hours a week and you made 
your net profit after all expenses was about $1,100 last month. That, that's not mm-hmm. too shabby, buddy. I mean, you're, you're beating your buddies at this point and you're not even really yeah. putting all that much work into it. So uh, it sounds like you're onto something to me. Well, h- how do you find replens? Talk us through the tools you're using, the strategy you're using, You know what stands out from the course, what kind of clicked as you were going through the, uh, the proven Amazon course module for replens. Yeah. So I found all my items with OA and I try to do RA, but I couldn't really stay in the store that long because I can't drive myself there and drive myself home. So I'm going to have to stay in the store and no one wants to stay there for two hours doing nothing. So that I'm definitely going to get into RA in a few months when I can have my own car and drive myself places. But for the time being, it's going to be all OA. And I found most of my products when I started with the software called Tactical Arbitrage. I don't recommend it anymore, really. Because mm-hmm. it's good, but not for the rep plans model. For quick flips, yes. Right. But some other products, my favorite method is the brand name method. And you type a brand name, then multi-pack or bundle or variety pack and come up with stuff like that. Oh, you you just said a mouthful, buddy. And I, I know some people really enjoy tactical arbitrage. We don't recommend it or use it for people doing the replens model. Because like you said, they're putting hot, quick flips on there. But if you don't act fast and get them fast and sell them fast, you go back a week later and that stuff is tanking. Yeah. On any buy list, not just on tactical arbitrage, but any buy list where you're paying somebody to find product and then provide that list of products to a group of people, there's going to be someone in there that says, ah, you know what? I'm going to be the lowest price. I want to get my money out now. And one other person says the same thing. And suddenly you've got this, we call it the race to the bottom, right? Or price tanking. uh, So the best strategy is the second part of what you just said. The people who are truly building predictable cash flow business models in our community are finding their own replens. And you said you type in a brand name and then some of the words you used were bundle and pack and multi-pack, right? Yeah. So tell me about tell me about that. Give me without giving away any of your replens. Obviously, we don't want you to do that. But give me a specific example and how someone might do that. So, for example, you'd go to an online website. You'd look through products in a niche you want to stick in. So, for example, hockey gear, and you would type a brand in. For example, elite hockey on Amazon. See what comes up from there without Amazon on the listing. And then, if you see that Amazon's not on the listing, you can click through, see what the profits like if it's selling. And then you can start adding keywords like bundle, or if you find a specific item that stands out to you, type that in, then type bundle or variety pack or multi-pack and go from there and see what you can find. That's great. What tools are you using? Right now I'm subscribed to Keepa. I just got RevSeller with the pack discount. And I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that is 90% of what you'll ever need. As you ramp up and you've got some more challenges with you know, prepping, although if you're using a prep center, that won't be an issue. But mm-hmm. um, there's some other tools that we kind of dive into, but that's all we need. And, you know, and Jaden, I love going out myself, finding replens. I'm fairly confident you give me an hour or two in any store. And I, I like going into stores better than online, personally, because I, I think once you get your car, you're going to find this to be true as well. Because you can actually grab stuff right there. In some cases, it's so hot. You can list it before you even check out. It's selling, <laughs> right? Yeah, I've done that because before. It's FBM, fun. right? Uh, that gets pretty exciting. That gets fun. But I think you're going to find sourcing in stores because you've got the product right there. You don't have to wait a couple weeks, you know, for it to get here and then prep it. It can be you can do some of that. But you're not selling in Canada at all. It sounds like, right? No, not at all. Hmm. Have you considered that? Uh, I was considering it. So when I first opened my account. I sent in one item to Canada, sold after two months, unprofitable. So I thought, okay, I'll give it another shot while I was selling in the US when I first started, unprofitable. And my third item, again, in the, in the Canada, sorry, unprofitable. And then I just realized everything in Canada for me has been unprofitable and I live in Canada. So it's right. time to do only US for now. I got you. Well, I think over time, Maybe it sounds like you 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 kind of had the three strikes. I'm out of here kind of concept in your head yeah. there, but we're having some success with our students selling in Canada. Now, Canada is a fraction of the size of the U.S. market, and typically our students from all over the world, not just Canada, but you know, uh, we've got an episode coming out soon. A guy named Joseph who lives in Slovakia. <laughs> like there's there's no Amazon there. 
Like you go up to 50 people on the street and say, hey, you ever bought anything on Amazon? And they're going to say, what, the river? What are you talking about? Like they literally don't know what it is there. But he sells on amazon.com in the US using prep centers, using online sourcing strategies like what you're talking about. And he's doing extremely well. So you can do that from anywhere. But in your case, you could also be selling in Canada because it is quickly emerging as pretty dynamic marketplace. So I encourage you, you know, maybe get a fourth and fifth try, be a little more selective in your product choices and, and uh, make sure it's something that's moving. But okay, so when you found a product and you think it's good, what are you looking for on Keepa and RevSeller? Talk me through how you use those tools. And we'll stick links to those in the show notes for the listeners too, because those are two tools that I would say, while you're thinking about your answer, Jaden, I would estimate about 95% of our success stories with the Replens model, which we have hundreds of recent success stories, 95% of them will put those two tools on the list of, yeah, those are the, the top two that I need to do this business right. So how do yeah. you use them? So before I get into that, I just wanted to mention, I do have one more software I forgot to name. It's called Sellerboard. Oh, sure. Yeah, we, we had them as a guest on the podcast. The owners of it? Yep. Oh, wow. I need to listen to that. Actually, it'd be a pretty cool episode. If I remember correctly, it was if you go to silentgym.com slash numbers, the word numbers, N-U-M-B-E-R-S. I think that takes you to that episode and to a presentation by the owner. Yeah. Um, Really good software. Yeah, it is. It helps you really know your numbers, right? Because Amazon has something like, you know, 60 different fees they can hit you with at any given time. And none of them are significant. A couple of them are fairly significant. Most of them are like, what is this? What am I even? What is this fee? What am I even paying? Exactly. It helps you know when they when they owe you money, uh, how much you should have coming, and yeah. It's, so you've used it to really dial in. So when you give us that eleven hundred dollar number, you really know your numbers. It sounds like because yeah. you're using a, a tool to help you with that. I I think tools make your life easier, and I think it's always worth it to invest in a tool, especially. Well, you've been trained well. Who drilled that into you? I think me. <laughs> Or my dad, maybe, but mostly me. I learned everything from courses online. I read a lot of business books now, and that basically hammered it into my brain. I want to get a so I've got a couple questions backlogged on us now. I want to hear some of your favorite books too that have helped you along the way. Uh, but let's talk about before we go there, yeah. Seller and and uh, Keepa, how you use them. Talk us through because there's going to be some people in our interest in our audience. Jaden, who have those tools, I use them all the time. There's going other people who know what they are. There's other people who are saying, well, what in the world are they talking about right now? <laughs> so just, you know, if we're going to give a couple minutes of friendly advice on those two tools and why they're important, talk me through it. Okay. So the first thing I do when I click on a listing and, I, and it looks promising to me, I'll go to Keepa and I'll make sure it has at least 10 drops minimum per month. And you can do that easily by just hovering. There's a little button on Keepa. You can hover over it, give you like a sales average for 30 days easiest way takes two seconds. And if it is good, then I'll go to see how many sellers are on the listing that are FBA and rev seller will tell you that just in a little number, how many FBA sellers, and then I'll enter in my cost of goods. And if it's profitable, I'll add it to my air table or spreadsheet and go from there and buy it. Nice. Test it out. How many do you buy when you're testing? Depends how much the cost of goods are. So right now I have a product that I'm testing. cost of goods are around 26 US little more for me in Canadian dollars. And for that, I bought three of them to test because it's quite a heavy four pack and it's a grocery item. But for a cheap item, and if it looks really promising on Keepa, could be anywhere from four. And then if it's really promising, then 10. Gotcha. What's your biggest strikeout so far on product selection? What do you mean by that? I'm sorry, you guys are hockey. See, in the US, everyone everyone knows exactly what I just said. <laughs> I need a hockey analogy. Oh, I don't really no, watch. A strikeout is like when you you take a, you take your best shot and you you fail. It's a baseball oh, analogy, okay. but I you know what's the equivalent in hockey for someone who just really messes up badly? Are you a hockey fan? No. Oh, what are you a sports fan at all? Not really. Not really. Okay. Well, a lot of entrepreneurs aren't. I happen to be one of those weird crossbreeds, but you know, this basically taking your best shot and failing. Like, is there a product that you that you went after and you're just like, well, what yeah. was I thinking? So it was actually really recently also, and now it's selling, but at my break-even point, which isn't that good. So it's a kitchen item. It's like a parchment type thing. And on Keepa, it looked really promising. I think like 61 or 91 drops a month, which is really good because you can do that times three and see what it's selling. Mm -hmm. Very low sellers, like two to three. 
So I bought a bunch of them, got it shipped to my house because I had to order from a faraway website. It came in, I packed it, I sent it in. About three weeks later, still nothing. And then this week, it finally just all started selling in like a day, also out from my break even cost. So you're your worst inventory decision story is a break-even story in the end. Yeah. Gotcha. Very that's careful part, with this. That's part of the beauty of this model. That's not a... I mean, you know, that makes for a, a head scratching like, okay, keep it. What are you telling me here? Why isn't it... But it sounds like somebody was just honing the buy box on you and you weren't getting any attention. And then suddenly you got all the attention. And your worst case scenario though was you broke even. And that's typically what we tell people. That's the beauty of the replens model is if you're managing your inventory well, Losing a few dollars or break even is your worst case. Your best case is 50, 100, 200% ROI on items that you're selling on a regular basis. So when you exactly. say 10 drops or 60 drops or 90 drops on Keepa, I know what you mean, but put it in your words. I always like hearing, you know, in the words of the users of, of these tools that we talk about, what do you mean by that? When I say a drop, I usually mean a sale. And it doesn't mean it could be a sale of one item. Someone could have bought three, but it just shows one drop in the sales rank. So, but I just count it as one sale when I look at it. Right. Because Keepa tracks, they're the only tool that tracks. And this is me going off on of my little soapbox. I don't know why we prefer Keepa over all these expensive $100, $200, $300 a month products. Just use Keepa. It's like 17 bucks or something like that. It used to be free. Now it's a few dollars. But it tracks tens of millions of products. I don't know how they do it. They've got a massive server bank tracking yeah, Amazon. Probably. Every ASIN, every time the rank changes, they're checking every few minutes, every product. And when the rank changes from say 150,000 down to 130,000, let's say, well, that's a drop in rank. Well, that's a good thing. That means it just became more popular. And the only way for a product to become more popular on Amazon is for at least one sale to have occurred. So we yeah. know every time the rank drops, it looks like an EKG heart monitor, right? Every time it yeah. drops, at least one sale happened since the last time Keepa checked that product. So when we say drops as replant sellers, we're talking about one or more sales occurred. And you said earlier, you threw it in there, but you usually double or triple that number. That's a very safe thing to do. So if Keepa is saying, hey, it dropped 40 times last month, the rank for this product dropped 40 times, you can safely say 100, 120 or so minimum sales of that product occurred. And that estimate that we just gave, Jaden, this is for the listener's sake, I know you know this, that is more accurate than any of the costly tools that are out there with their algorithms and claiming to know how many times. Three times. Because Amazon simply doesn't share sales data. Keepa is a phenomenal tool for that reason alone is it counts and monitors sales rank. So some of these other expensive tools, they're just bringing Keepa in <laughs> and you could just be paying for Keepa and you don't have to pay the $100, $200, $300 a month. That's a great tip for people. Hey, super short interruption before we get back to the content. I just wanted to let you know about a really cool deal that our friends at Helium 10 have put together, helium10.com, discount code SSMR as in silent sales machine radio. 50% off your first month on a robust suite of tools used by over a million Amazon sellers around the world. Go check it out. Many users in our community swear by Helium 10. I love the data that they put out. They've put a lot of time and energy into creating a robust suite of tools that can really help you with your business making good decisions on what to buy. Helium10.com, discount code SSMR. But okay, so that's, that's Keepa and... RevSeller, you talked a little bit about that. Um, actually, when RevSeller first launched, we were the first community that they brought it to. And they said, hey, we'll give you a great discount for life if you guys will help us promote and launch this thing. And uh, I haven't heard from them in a while, but I know we've sent them quite a few students and users. What is it you like about RevSeller though? I like how clean it makes my Amazon page look. Normally, I see on YouTube or videos, most people have 100 extensions all over their page, mm -hmm. blocking everything. It's hard to read and understand. But RevStar made it really simple. And another good one is uh, AZ Insight, but I couldn't really justify the cost right now. But RevStar is perfect. It blends in really well with the page and doesn't cover any content. That's a great point. I haven't heard anyone ever make that observation before. But it, yeah, it, it tells you right at the top, uh, if you say, hey, I, I know I can, I can buy this product for five bucks, either on a website or in retail store or whatever. I can buy it for five. It tells you FBM, FBA, exactly whether you ship it yourself or send it into Amazon. Here's how much money you're going to make if and when it sells at whatever price point 
you put in there and it uses by default the current buy box price. So you can know uh, about what to expect out of that product. So between Keepa and RevSeller, that's like I said before, man, I stand by 95% or more of what you'll need to be able to do this business. And that's what our replant seller success stories are using to go out and find replants. And they are, they really are everywhere. I love that you said you need to get a ride. You don't even have a car yet. Uh, is there any kind of public transportation or anything you could use to go spend a few hours at a retail store? Because I think you could really tear it up, man. There is. So I've got a bike recently with some of my Amazon money and I spend it. I, I've been more reasonable and worried about like spending and saving little. So now I don't waste it a lot like I used to do. Now it's mostly uh, books, courses, colognes. I'll just, and, the, just, the, just the essentials for a 16-year-old book. Yeah. Courses and cologne. I got it, man. Hey, good tip. You should write a book. <laughs> just the essentials. I love it, man. Oh, that's great. So, you know, you are one of the younger guests that we've ever had. And I think that's going to have some people interested in like, wow, I got a 16-year-old kid. What? He's doing this? You know, what hard lessons have you learned or what strategies do you have for the listeners today? Because I just love to hear it in your own words. You have such a unique slant and it's, it's all still very straightforward and basic and the dots connect very easily for you. you. There's not a lot of confusing messages in your head. And I think some people can appreciate the way that you just phrase some of the experiences you've had. As adults, we, we like to fuzzy things up and think of all the 50 reasons it won't work and all the reasons it this may be not be a good idea. Just talk us through what comes to mind as I say those things. I think one thing people overlook a lot is spending money on software. Like I used to be like that, but then some people realize to go to the mall or to go by Starbucks, but that could cover one month of their cost of Keepa or what they spent in a day could have covered the cost of RevSeller. And they really overlook that. That was a great clip. If we grabbed the little clips from our shows and used them as promos. You just hit the nail on the head, man. Great observation. Yeah. There's a difference between spending and investing. That's how I would say that. Exactly. And some people look at investing as an expense. It's not. It's an invest. It's going to come back to you. It's going to save you time and make you money. These these power tools. If you use them. If you sit them on a shelf, just like in your garage, you know, you can buy a power tool and sit on your shelf. Well, it's it only lost you money. But if you use it to create, do and to work, it's you're using the tool for the purpose intended. It, it's a great investment. Yeah. So you understand at a young age, the difference between investing yeah. and spending. So is cologne an investment or an expense for you? <laughs> I don't really know at the moment. I recently got into them. I want to maybe build a collection, found some nice ones, started buying some. And it's, I really enjoy it. It's something fun now. Instead of wasting my money on fast food, what it could have been, or going to like gaming okay. places. There's esports arenas near me. Close now, but... And buying stuff I don't really need. Yeah. Down to some essentials now. Gotcha. Right, so, so you're not just wearing the cologne. You're doing something else with a collector. I didn't know that was a thing. Okay. I, I'm a long way from 16. That's a thing now? Collecting colognes? Oh, no, no. I'm in like building my own collection, like my personal collection. So I can wear whatever I have a different choice or for a different event. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. See, that's where the age gap's going to get us, man. <laughs> I've got like at any given time, one cologne and I'm known by it till I run out and have trouble finding it. Which one? Uh, that's great. I love it. Yeah, I, I used to be a collector of different things, but never clones. Uh, it, it, what a fascinating interview. I love this, man. This is so fun. So what else comes to mind as you're talking to people? Like, let's say, hey, you've got the stage. You got a couple thousand people listening to you. They're interested in selling on Amazon. They're not convinced yet. You know, what do you have to say to those folks? You know, you don't have to... You don't have to um, exaggerate or try to talk them into anything, but like, what's your honest take on this thing? I think you can't really treat Amazon in a way that they care more about the sellers than the buyers because Amazon is completely not true. They only care about the buyers really. And never admit you're wrong on Amazon, especially. I was doing FBM when I first started and I got a chargeback for an absolute fraud reason. And I said, okay, let me just refund it so no problems occur, which is wrong. I should have fought the chargeback because I could have won probably with the bank. And that didn't end up good. I got my account at high risk. And another thing, a really big tip is don't overlook listings without a buy box. That's my favorite type of listings if they don't have a buy box. Ooh, that's a good one. All three of those were, were excellent points. And let me just talk about the first two. Then I want you to, to jump on a soapbox on this third one, on the third one that you just mentioned. Okay. Uh, listings without a buy box. And we can talk about that a little bit more. But yeah, you're, you're right. Amazon, unapologetically, this, it's about customer experience. The customer. You know, they make great sacrifices internally 
And they put us secondary to the seller experience. They want great customer experiences. But it always pays to fight back. And I've heard times where people had to fight back for quite a while, especially if the amount of money is significant or you feel like your account is somehow being put at risk by the actions Definitely. of the customer. They will eventually see your side of it. Amazon can be, can be reasonable if you're persistent and you're one of the good guys and your account's not too huge yet. But as you get a little bit more cred with them, they're going to take your side more often and, and be more understanding of those occasional issues that rise up and they're not going to you know, put a strike on your account. Uh, the one thing I would say though, Jaden, for you and to the listeners is just because Amazon puts some kind of big red, scary red whatever on your screen when you log into Seller Central, that doesn't mean things are truly dire or scary. It just, they want to make sure they get your attention that, that it's addressed. They don't, want to, they don't want it to become a pattern or a habit. Um, but I, I just shared this on the previous podcast I recorded today with another guest that the number of times I've seen someone get permanently suspended over an incident where, you know, the customer said this, the seller says it. it just, it's never, it never happens. As long as you're willing to work it through, talk about it, say, here's the plan of action. You, they're going to, you're going to be just fine. Uh, but I want to hear about that third point that you just mentioned, the, the listings with no buy box. Talk us through that a little bit. I feel like if there's no buy box on the listing, you're not really competing for a buy box and don't have to offer a business pricing or discounts and all that. I do understand though, that it is kind of a race to the bottom with that because the lowest price is usually what wins. That's why usually when I'm on a listing without a buy box, I'll go for right above the last FBM offer. So I'm the first uh, prime offer that people see. Have you had that work out for you? Yeah. Every time I'm on a listing without a buy box, always works out good for me. That's great. How can you tell if a listing doesn't have a buy box for the listener's sake? Well, if there's no uh, at the cart button or image with the price, it would just say, see all buying options on the right side on the computer or on the phone. I don't really know what it looks like. So sometimes the same thing. And when you click on it, that's when you see all the sellers and the prices. Right. You can see what everybody's selling it for, but there's no yeah. add to cart right now button. You got to click to see the sellers first. And when you do that, then you say you go in with your FBA price right above, you said the highest FBM seller. Yes. Right. That's a good strategy, man. I love it. That's great. So what categories are you selling in? And you mentioned uh, recently, what, 20, 20 some masons? Right? 20, yeah, about 20. Okay. So, my favorite category right now is definitely grocery. I got recently got approved in that. Oh, and I have another tip to share later for people who want to get approved but don't have a company at all or any corporation registered, no LLC, something like that. But my other categories is mostly uh, food storage items, the kitchen niche, basically, is what I like the most. And then some stuff in the book and paper type industry. Gotcha. It sounds like you've got a good head start in plenty of these little niches where you could you can go deeper. Typically, when you find one good ASIN, you can bunny trail to other really good ones pretty quickly and easily yeah. from that one. Customers who bought this also bought, or you know, if you're selling a three-pack, hey, have you looked at the six, 12-pack? Have you looked exactly. at... Exactly. You know, sometimes we're, we're on some listings where it's, we've got two or three different three-packs of different ASINs, same three-packs, right? <laughs> so you can find yeah. those winners and kind of, kind of spread out from there. Uh, but what were you going to share with us? What was your other tip? So a lot of people want to get approved, but most wholesalers and distributors you need to have a registered company or a tax number, or a business mm -hmm. number. I didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. So I made a few cold calls to some stores near me and some uh, warehouse sales and all that. And I would just call them, hi, do you give out an invoice? They say, yes. I'd go on their website or go in the store or whatever. I'd buy the item, 10 of them. I'd come home, send it to Amazon. And I've been approved in toys, food, and recently topicals without having to give out any information except my first name and address. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it, it cracks me up, Jaden, because some people get all stressed out. Oh, how am I getting approved? Oh, how do I get an invoice? Oh, what do I, will a receipt work as an invoice? No, just get an invoice from a warehouse. And you just called around, are you talking about like some local companies? Uh, sort of. Like I remember when I was a kid for this toy one, there's like usually a toy warehouse every summer. They have all the toys for a discount price. So I'd call them. Hi, do you get an invoice? They said yes. And I'd always make sure it doesn't have the word invoice on it because I know Amazon's very specific. Right. They don't want a receipt. Yeah. They want it to say invoice on it. So that implies that you're a legitimate business because only legitimate businesses get invoices and it's going to have your contact info on there. Yeah. And then next is probably going to be dog food. I already found a source for getting approved in dog food and I still don't have a company or anything like that for a wholesaler. 
but I want to wait till I find a few listings in dog food first to see if it's worth it to pay to get approved. Gotcha. Because you got to order in Amazon wants to see 10 units Mm -hmm. uh, on an invoice, basically. And they go, okay, you're a legitimate business. You've placed a significant order. You've used a credit card to do it. You know, they know that you're legit. And that's how you get approved for a category. It's it's not rocket science. Some people pay a few hundred dollars to get a, you know, for have someone as a service go out there and try to get them category approval. It's just not necessary. It's pretty simple stuff. You figured it out. You're just Mm -hmm. making a couple phone calls and done, right? Yeah. And for food and topicals, I, I, there's a makeup sale and usually that pops up every year I heard of. So I called them because I they ha- everyone has a Shopify website nowadays for their business. So I called them. They said, yeah, we give out an invoice and they were selling candy. So I ordered some candy and it got me approved. Did you sell the candy or eat it? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really want to sell too high risk of items until I have insurance yet because it's very hard to get insurance for this in Canada. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so you're even keeping an eye on the uh, the risks of the different products that you're yeah. selling. Gotcha. Talked about uh, 20 companies so far for insurance. Two of them gave me ridiculously high quotes compared to some other services in the US like uh, Ashland Haddon Insurance. Yeah. She's a friend of mine, lives actually right near me. She got started uh, providing insurance to Amazon sellers after uh, kind of hearing, coming in hearing me do a talk. <laughs> Here local, how crazy, small world. But yeah, so yeah. she wasn't able to help you out though. Huh? I know she she helps a lot no. of US-based sellers. Yeah, I messaged her on Facebook and couldn't really do anything for me unless I have a US, a US EIN number, which right. I probably will have that eventually because it's not that difficult. I did the research. I needed a corporation. And then I'd have to file for... I forgot what it was called, but a US EIN with a service. And it's very simple, straightforward. Yeah, it's something you could do. You're going to have to use your dad's name probably to sign a yeah. few documents, but because <laughs> you're only 16. Oh, well, I can't wait to see where you are in five, 10 years, buddy. Um, I can't wait to get a, a cashback credit card already. <laughs> That's what I really need. Start getting that 2%, 3% back for all your inventory. Yep. It adds up. It sure does. Wow. Free travel, everything. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, we, we, we very rarely pay for airline tickets around here because all our inventory is going on the, you know, we, we use an airline credit card. So every time we buy inventory, we're racking up the miles and we fly wherever we want, whenever we need to. It's pretty cool, pretty sweet deal. But well, what are the tips and strategies have you got? You're a real fountain of information, buddy. I, I'd never spoken to you before this interview, so I wasn't sure what to expect, but I, I knew you were putting some money in the bank. Um, so anything else come to mind for the listeners? You know, if you were talking again, yeah bunch of people who are kind of interested in this business model? First off, if you can't get a credit card, sign up for an Air Miles card. It's free. Sign up for one of those. Starting to collect some points already, some travel points. And another tip is don't get discouraged when you see five sales a month on an item because it's not every day you're going to see a hundred sales. That I really need to start looking at more five sales a month or 10 sales a month on an item. Yeah. You know, what I found with Keepa, and this is for your sake, Jaden, and, and the listeners too as well, possibly, is if Keepa says there were five, six, seven, eight sales or drops in a given month, that's usually pretty accurate. Once you get up over 10, 12 or so, 14, 18 drops per month, you can safely double or probably start to even triple that number. It's like there's a point there where Keepa's checking in less frequently, if you, I guess you would say, and, and, and you can start to double and triple those numbers. They're not checking in frequently enough to be super accurate on stuff that sells a lot. That's what I'm saying. But when it's a low number, that's typically pretty accurate. So I'm playing around less and less all the time with the four, five, six drops per month. And if you do go in that territory, play very, very safe, meaning be ready to liquidate, maybe take a little loss to get rid of it. And it's going to be a little harder to get rid of it if it's only selling one or two, like if there's two or three other sellers and it's only selling six a month, you're going to have to really drop your price and it still might take yeah. a couple of weeks for it to sell, right? So be careful in that territory because it can start to affect your IPI score, right? Yeah. Not to get off into Nerdville too much, but Amazon doesn't want you sitting on inventory that just sits there. That's one thing I'm doing really good on. Uh, my IPI score, I think it's 665. I think that's a good score. I don't really know too much about it's it. It's phenomenal. Anything north of 500 or so, you're in great territory. I think 450 is the cutoff or something like that. And then and you, have, you have to have a lot of inventory just kind of sitting there to start to drop into that territory. Yeah. The beauty of the replens model is you can fix your IPI score pretty quick anytime you want to. 
And uh, it's the people who have maybe three or four items that they sell and they're selling thousands of units a month. And then one of them just kind of stops selling and now they've got 3,000 units sitting in Amazon and it's not moving. You know, what do they do? How do they get out of that situation? Well, with replen sellers, it's simple for us. We just add in some more fast moving products, maybe drop the price on a couple, you know, break even, take a tiny hit on some of our inventory and our score goes right back up. It's not really a concern for the vast majority of replen sellers. It's never a concern. So yeah, you're doing great. That's a that's a phenomenal score, and uh, that's that's kind of a uh, for those who don't know the IPI score is just kind of an inventory health score. Are you moving your inventory through the system fast enough for Amazon to to like how you're doing? And if it drops too low, what they'll say is, "Hey, you can only send in so much inventory," which is one of the big restrictions you have in Canada. Actually, it's they're pretty restrictive on their storage space there. If you start selling in yeah. Canada, right? I think I noticed that back then, but. Another risk I do have with selling only in the U.S. is if I don't sell something, I can't bring it back to me. Mm. That's an issue. Yes, you just have to, your only way to get rid of it is to drop the price into the ceiling, into the basement, basically, and uh, or disposal. Hope it, yeah, or just throw it out entirely. Yeah. Hmm. Eventually, yeah. I will be able to bring it back. Yeah, you can't bring it back. Yeah, it's just too it's uh, too price prohibitive to even start to do that process, right? Um, hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, if you had a prep center, maybe you could send it back to them and they could do something else with it. Maybe you have a prep partner, uh, depending on yeah. if that's a service they offer or not. But that's why it's good too, to have a, a very personalized experience with your prep center and, and even ideally, maybe even a friend who lives in the States. It's kind of helping you manage. They can help you through that. They can throw it out there on eBay for you, for example, you know, <laughs> if you got five units of something uh, that you have to bring back for some reason. But well, Jaden, you're, you're doing a great job, man. I'm super proud of you. I'm excited Thanks. for your future. And I want to have you back on here as... You, know, it, 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 I, you remind me quite a bit of several different guys. You know, when, I've been doing this 20 years now. So I look back and there's guys who are now... They got families and kids and they started working with me 15 years or so ago. You know, Because I'll tell you this, buddy, and everybody who's in my age or over 40 is nodding their head when I say this is 30 will be here like that. I mean, the next 10, 15 years are going to be a, just a blur. And then life kind of you know, changes considerably. You know, the path, but the decisions you're making right now are really painting a trajectory and you're on a very, very good trajectory. And uh, I'm excited to see what the, the next few years have for you. So I want to have you back. I want to hear the updates and whatever you get yourself into. I'm sure your Amazon business is going to explode, but I hope. it's going to lead to other opportunities business relationships. You know, one of these people you get an invoice from is going to end up being a you know, partner on some project with you or something, right? Uh, so keep building yeah, those definitely. relationships. Yeah. Well, any parting thoughts before we start to wrap this one up? Uh, I remember you asked me earlier in the podcast, my top three or top favorite books oh, for business. Great job. See, that's that young, sharp mind. Yeah. What books are, what books are you excited about? So first book I'm going to have to go through is The 4-Hour Workweek. Really good book. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Good stuff. Although Another one. I highly advise you never yeah. actually get down to just working four hours a week. But oh, the yeah. concept of how you automate and systemize, phenomenal. And outsourcing, especially. Exactly. Love outsourcing. It's pretty fun. Hiring VAs, going through experiences. Mm-hmm. Another one, which I'm still reading right now, I have 50 pages left, which will probably be done by tonight or tomorrow. It's called The 5 a.m. Club. I've heard of it. Give me the premise. Really good book. It's about waking up at 5 a.m., but they tell it in a story. It's not a how-to business book. And it's been really good so far. And the last one for the top three is uh, David Gogan's book, The Can't Hurt Me, I think it's called. They Can't Hurt Me? Oh, no, sorry. Can't Hurt Me. Can't Hurt Me. I'm not familiar with that one. Convince me if I should read it or not. Teaches you how to fight through pain, sort of. You know, you can be working 24 hours in a day, basically. That's what he probably would do. Wow. Really good. Interesting. Huh. It's like power through and... and yeah. <laughs> oh, I put enough years on uh, on this body to know that uh, I, I got to get my sleep, man. <laughs> I'm not interested in, in losing a few minutes of sleep till, the, till I'm down to just three or four hours a night like some of these guys. I don't think that's sustainable. That's my personal take on it. And that's necessarily based on a lot of science, but... Uh, I agree. That's that's kind of where I'm at, man. I I, I got to get my sleep, dude. I think the science is pretty sound there. But I love books that spur you on, challenge you, give you a different worldview or someone else's perspective. So the fact that you're reading books 
instead of like those friends you mentioned earlier that are like, you know, gaming with their time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and let me guess their future hope and dream is to be a gaming YouTube star, right? <laughs> that or a dentist. <laughs> oh, I don't get it. You're witty too, man. I love it. A gaming star or a dentist. I used to be like that uh, all day sitting and playing games. And then I got rid of my gaming computer. Wow. Started using my laptop every day. And then just exploring different businesses before I started Amazon. And a quick little story is before I did rep plans, I did drop shipping on Amazon. Yeah, you didn't mention that, but you said it didn't go too well. Oh, no, I was talking about drop shipping on Shopify. I never mentioned oh. the Amazon. Oh, Amazon drop shipping. Right. Yeah. yeah. We strongly advise against that. How did I go know why you? now? You know why now, right? <laughs> so it didn't go too good. At first, I listed a product. It was an Apple Watch band. The next day after the new watch bands were announced at the Worldwide Developer Apple event online, so I listed it, didn't know what Keepa was, didn't know anything, didn't know sales rank, just knew that there's a button that says sell on Amazon. And I pressed it. I think that same night I sold three or four. I woke up the next morning and during that whole day, I sold like 23, 22 of them from AliExpress. And then the day after that, I sold more and then I stopped because I ran out of capital at the moment. And then I was shipping orders out. Took a while. And then I tried getting an agent to source the item for me. And that didn't end up going through. The warehouse actually canceled the orders because they couldn't do it. And then the customer's returns were pouring in. And I stopped. Exactly. And imagine doing that with tens of thousands of dollars. I had a guy on this podcast, it's been a little over a year ago, who was running, it was multiple millions of dollars on Amazon dropshipping. Wow. His, drop margins, his margins were fractions of a percent. And he was constantly eliminating ASINs and adding ASINs, constantly churning through, I think it was tens of thousands, a large team that he was paying, being suspended in IP complaints, constantly running out of inventory. He's like, he, and his take home at the end of it, I can't remember exactly. He's like, it wasn't worth it. Just wasn't. It was just this 24-hour churning machine of failures that was putting a little bit of money in the bank. It was some impressive sales figures. But he said he got way happy when he dropped it way down to a few hundred products that he actually controlled himself. He bought the inventory and sold it, which is how it's supposed to work. Because when you drop ship, like you just said, Jaden, you're putting the control of your inventory in someone else's hands. You've got to scramble to make sure. You say, hey, you know, yesterday you told me you had 30 units of this product. I just sold 10 of them. It's like, oh no, sorry. Someone just called and bought all 30 and actually we're on back order for the next six months. Sorry click. Like, what are you going to do for those 10 customers now that you owe a yeah. product to? <laughs> There's nothing you can do. Except I have to apologize and say, hey, it's not coming. Right. And Amazon doesn't like that. Especially Amazon. They do not want to hear that. They do nope. not want any mention of that. And if they find out you're doing drop shipping from AliExpress or from Walmart, they'll ban you. You're gone. You're toast. It's a hard one to come back from. Uh, yeah, so that's why we don't do the dropship thing. And there's some people, it, it, I see a resurge every few months and someone's got a course and they're all excited and they figured it out and it's all safe now. And then they're gone a few months later because half yeah. their students are crashing and burning. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen that roll through about eight times now in the last 20 years. Uh, but well, Jaden, you're a wealth of knowledge and information. And uh, I think you're going to have a few fans now that want to know what you're up to and, and follow you. Maybe you should be sharing your story online somewhere. And, and, uh, and okay. I think we need a lot more kids that think like you. And it's okay if I call you a kid, right? I mean, not even 18. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? We need more to think like you than the ones that think they're going to be YouTube gamer stars in three years. Yeah, uh, tell you that. definitely. So yeah, well, God bless you, buddy. Great hanging out with you. Tell your parents thanks for giving you permission to do this, man. Thanks, and, yeah. I hope you get that car soon, but don't use that as an excuse not to get out there and hit it and get some retail stores, man. Hop on that bike if you got to. I love it. <laughs> this is great. I did the math actually about how far it would take me to get to a big box retail store. So when I drive there, it's like five minutes, but surprisingly on the bike, 20 to 30 minutes maybe. So I might give that a shot in the summer. Yeah. Hey, why not? Get a little exercise, get a little sun, man. Go for it. And don't forget your homework, buddy. Before this podcast episode pops out, I want to know what you're making per yeah. hour in your business, You know what your bank is You know, compared to your buddies who are working in uh, uh, retail and, and their other odd jobs that they've snagged up. And I, bet, I bet you're leading the pack is my guess. And another little tip for you, Jaden. I, I really enjoy hanging out with and teaching your age demographic, the, the 14 to 18 
because you, there's a lot of decisions you're making right now that kind of feel kind of like unimportant. And like, yeah, my dad, my friends are doing this, but I'm kind of doing that. Well, there's a trajectory here. They're on a certain trajectory and you're on a completely different trajectory. You know, it's like if you got two lines and they, they vary by just a few degrees, well, right now they're right next to each other. You play that out for a few years, you're in different universes, right? Farther apart. Yeah, completely different. And so the decisions you need to be making right now, and we all need to hear this even as adults, are things like, who are you spending time with? Who are those people? And it's okay to have a few friends, gaming friends. I'm not saying don't have any fun with your life, but do you have people who are slightly ahead of you on the on a similar path that you're surrounding yourself with? Your crew that kind of has your back. It's like, hey, you haven't worked your business in a week. What's going on, man? And not an adult, but someone your age. It could be online, it could be virtual, but someone that's kind of spurring you on. Um, that's vital because you kind of become, I'm sure you've read in some of the books that you've talked about and uh, you kind of start to become the average of the group you hang out with. Yeah, right? definitely. Read that a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I what, do have a few friends that also do some online business. Uh, one of them does uh, Shopify drop shipping also. And mm. he's actually doing really well with that. Good to see that. Pretty yeah. cool experience also. Good, good, good. So you guys are spurring each other forward. In one of the illustrations I did when I did youth group, uh, you know, I'd, I'd present in front of groups of youth is I'd, I'd get like, you know, let's say you got 40 teens out there and you get 20 guys, 20 girls, I'd get the, the biggest guy, right? You get the biggest guy and you have him stand up on a chair and bring a chair up to the front. And he's, so you get the biggest guy stand up on a chair. Then you get the littlest girl in the room, the smallest female. And you get her to come up and grab his arm. And okay, so you got the big guy on the chair, you got the smallest lady in the room holding his arm. And I say, okay, now your job big guy is to get the girl up onto the chair with you to rise her up to get her to a higher level you know better than where she is and the lady's job is to get him off the chair well who do you think won every single time right it's so much easier to pull someone down than it is to lift them up was the lesson yeah. and that you could you know obviously that's a great illustration of that so just as I'm encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey buddy you know surround yourself with people who or spurring you to a higher level, uh, that's a lot more work than, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to game with my buddies for the next couple of weeks and blow this off. Don't do it. Stick to the path, man. You're on a good path. So, Definitely. all right, dude. Well, it's been great hanging out with you, Jaden. This was really you fun too. for me. I love it. And uh, let me know if there's anything I could do for you. Our community's here. I know you've jumped into our Facebook group. We're here to support you there as well. And tell your parents, man, you're doing an awesome job. You are a man. And uh, it was a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Thanks. I really enjoyed being on the podcast. Thank you, buddy. And let me talk to the listeners for just a minute now. I hope you enjoyed hanging out with Jaden as much as I did. You know, we've got a bunch of great episodes. This one's on YouTube. But as a reminder, like I sometimes tell you about, most of our episodes are audio only, which means if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you're missing several really good episodes with guests who wanted to go first name only maybe or audio only or it's just me so we don't turn on the camera. Uh, but there's a lot of really great episodes that you're missing. Go to silentgym.com to hear all of them. And if you're listening today, maybe the last thing I'll leave you with is, hey, would you help spread the word? The only marketing budget, the only marketing strategy we have, I should say, is word of mouth. We have zero marketing budget for this show. So the way we grow and get more listeners is by you telling people about silentgym.com. Send your friends there. They can hear great guests like today. Today's guest, Jaden. How encouraging and inspirational is this guy? I think I think we're going to get a hundred percent love on this episode because this was impressive. And uh, so, God bless all the business building warriors out there. We're in your corner. Jump over to SilentGym.com. The show notes for this episode will have links to all the tools that Jaden taught us about today, and we'll help you on your business building journey. We'll see you again soon with another episode. Thanks. Hey, before we go, just a quick thing. I wanted to remind you that Helium 10 has become a great sponsor of this show. They've got an offer exclusive for the audience, the listeners, the business building warriors of this community. If you go to helium10.com and use the discount code SSMR, as in silent sales machine radio, you'll get the tool that's being used by over 1 million Amazon sellers at this point. They're actively tracking over... 2 billion different products on Amazon at any given time, providing data and helping you make good decisions on what products you should and shouldn't sell, as well as an entire suite of products that help you run your entire Amazon business instead of piecing it together a little bit from here, a little bit from there. It's a great tool. 
Many, many coaches on our team use it, the content creators. I know that Nathan, our coaching director, swears by it as well. So we were very excited to bring them on as a sponsor. Again, Helium 10, discount code SSMR, and I'll take good care of you. Hey, God bless you, business building warrior. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentGym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.